and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their heart with your hosts, me, it's Ariel, and me, Raylene. Woohoo! <laughs> welcome to the first episode of 2020. That's I'm true. hyped. Raylene is hyped. She texted me earlier today and she said, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really excited. Because yeah, while you guys may have just gotten our wrap up episode, we recorded that like weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to record and jump back in. Yeah, me too. This is always a highlight of the week when I get to just chat about books and try and give people the the honest recommendations that I can. Um, mm-hmm. It's always a it's a good old time, and we are so excited uh, to have started the podcast last year. So glad that it is working out the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy to have the community that we have already around it. We just passed five thousand followers on Instagram. Oh my god, is, nice! I know it's <laughs> I crazy. Didn't see that. Um, we're really close to hitting our next goal on Patreon, which is really exciting. Um, and in the spirit of that, always wanting to improve and finesse and learn, um, Raylene and I have, we believe, optimized this episode uh, <laughs> format. Um, so you'll be hearing a few new things from us today, and we're really excited. We'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know on Instagram. That's uh, books underscore unbound on Instagram. Because someone who has never used Instagram took books unbound, <laughs> <laughs> the username. What a loser. <laughs> Which I hate. Um yep. If anyone wants to fight them for it, uh, that'd be great, and we'd really appreciate it. (laughs) Fight for Um, us, please. But yeah, as always, we are going to start with what is the last book that you finished? Really? Okay. It's the new year. What do you got? Well, I've been pretty slow with reading books at the beginning of this year, so while Mm. we're over a week in, I have only finished one book, and um, you already know about this one, and that is The Great Gatsby. Well, I, I picked a different copy to show you. Oh today. wow, yeah, that is, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, this one was a reread for me because, like I mentioned before, I wanted to start the year on a reread, and it, it has been years since I've read The Great Gatsby, which is one of like my top two favorite books. Yeah. So I decided to reread it, and of course, it was amazing. I'm and, so glad because, yeah. as we all remember, you just reread The Book Thief, and that mm-hmm. did not go so well. <laughs> right yeah so it was i was one nervous of, yeah no great gatsby still still up there oh, and strong. i'm really excited to watch the movie adaptations like i've only seen the newest mm. one but mm-hmm. there are three i think and i okay. haven't seen the two oldest ones but did you know that in the one like the middle one that's not quite the oldest one paul yeah. rudd plays nick what isn't that insane wait i'm genuinely shocked yeah i picked it up at the library huh? just because i was like "Ooh, great gatsby i want to watch this movie and i was like what the hell that's paul rudd like that's <laughs> actually really odd what a yeah. bizarre decision right so i haven't watched it yet but i'll be watching it in the next couple of days here so i'll let you know how it goes just like books there are movies that stand the test of time and there are movies that get remade but we mm-hmm. always talk about the original um or sometimes movies get remade and the originals fall away right mm-hmm. like pride and prejudice when people talk about pride and prejudice they mean the kira knightley version yeah. or the 1995 colin firth version they don't mean all of the other like dozen times it's yeah, been made nobody in the past cares. right <laughs> but sometimes like there will be things that was made originally like ghostbusters they'll remake it people are talking about the original that's the one that made the impact so yeah the Paul Rudd Great Gatsby. <laughs> I've never heard anyone talk about. Not stood the test of time no. because I have literally not heard didn't it. know it existed until oh I picked it up. Oh my goodness! Okay, well, uh, definitely let us know next week or whenever you watch it what you think yeah. of it because that's hilarious. I for sure will. What was the last book you finished? 
Well, I actually have had the opposite. It's, uh, what day is it today? Today is the 8th, and I've already finished three books. I don't know what's going on. Amazing. Um, we have flipped identities. So I uh, <laughs> always, like you know, and I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've also made a video about it. I like to start the year with a reread. It's a little tradition that I started because I used to reread so many books, and I noticed that my reading had really shifted away from that and I was always focusing on new releases or mm-hmm. new new uh, books that I acquired um and so this year I'd already decided I want to start the year with why we broke up yes. so I sat down like a couple days ago or whatever and I, I read the first two pages and I was so excited I was like this is perfect it is so good I cannot wait and then I got like called away or something and I was like cool can't wait to read this later yeah and then I read three different books instead <laughs> Like I, I know don't, I saw that. I, I don't confused. know what happened. So I did start like the year by reading a reread, but then I read a bunch of other books in between. And because yeah. they were so short, I finished them first. Um, so the the last book I finished is If This Isn't Nice, What Is by Kurt Vonnegut. It's oh, a yeah. collection of his graduation speeches. Um, I think there's nine speeches in the collection, two of which are not graduation, but they're like inspiring motivational mm. speeches. Yeah. Um, I gave the collection like a three out of five. It felt very average to me. There mm. were nice illustrations. The actual like edition, the actual book is very pretty. Um, but... I just, I don't think it needed to exist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, some of the speeches were really good, but they were often repetitive. And the thing that really bothered me is the uh, the collection was selected and introduced by Dan Wakefield. Um, and he has like a really long introduction, which already I was like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> uh, I just want to get to the speeches. But he literally says in his introduction... Unlike most graduation speakers who have a canned speech for all such occasions, simply inserting the name of a new university, Vonnegut brought something freshly minted, coming up (laughs) with new ideas, new stories, new sources of wit, and provocations to think about. And, like, literally read that, and I was like, well, that's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I start reading the speeches. They're all repetitive. He says oh, the same tragic. four things in every single speech. And I like he'll add a new anecdote or a new idea to the speeches, but like there's always and they're good ideas. That's the funny thing. Like they're really good ideas. He talks about the importance of community and um I don't know, like these three other really important things, but mm-hmm. they are really repetitive. And so literally to say in the introduction <laughs> They're not yeah, repetitive. They're fresh and, and to, new. Yeah. yeah, to read them and be like, these are all saying the same thing. And it would be kind of like a weird but not good deja vu where I'd be like reading it. And I was like, wait a minute, I already read this. And then by the time you're on the ninth speech and you're yeah. like, I've read this four or five times. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it almost doesn't work as a book. Like you should no. maybe read one speech every year or something. That's, and that's what I mean. Like if you want i was like i would rather have just read the best speech or have like Mm. watched the speeches on youtube because they were really good i don't know if they recorded i didn't look them up but like they are really good speeches but not in a collection Mm -hmm. um however the book i read the first book i finished this year was bastard by max de raviguet and it is so good i gave it five out of five stars it's a graphic novel. I loved it. It was, I like, 
I can't believe... Here's my fear, okay? The first book I read this year, five out of five stars, graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling nothing's going to top it the whole year. I'm like, this is... Oh, my God. This is the best one. Um... It's this graphic novel about a mother and her son who are criminals. And they have just taken part in this massive heist, um, a big, big organized crime. Uh, 52 heists happened at the same time. Whoa. So they were just one of this huge, like, chain of things. And you don't see the crimes. You see it, like, it seems it's, like, two days later or something. Mm -hmm. And they're in a motel, and they have all of this money. And it's just... The kid's, like, eight years old or something. And it's, like, a young mom. And um, they're running from the law, basically. And you just... It's, like, a slice of life, sort of. You follow for the next few weeks while they're, like, trying to evade the law. Trying to find a safe place to be. Um, but the relationship between the two characters is so beautiful. It's so interesting. The drawing style is so good. I just, I loved it so much. And if anyone flips through it or looks it up online, um, again, the book was called Bastard. If you look it up, it's a very, like, adorable style. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't look really serious or intense and the book does get quite violent it gets quite graphic there are a couple of nude scenes in there um but like it just the the style matched the story so well so i really recommend that one if anyone's looking for something that sounds like that. so good i looked it up but i didn't actually like read into what it was about i just yeah. kind of looked at the cover and was like that looks great yeah. um and my library has it so i will <gasps> have to get that from the library because oh that sounds oh like my kind of book yeah and again like I think I read it in 30 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a graphic novel, so you fly through it. And I really loved it. Yeah. Well, the next question is, what are you currently reading? Well, I'm currently reading two books. Um, one of the books I actually started on the first day of the year, along with The Great Gatsby, because I just wanted an audiobook to listen to. Yeah. Um, so uh, that book is Needful Things by Stephen King, which right. I also have a physical copy of, and God, he's huge. huge. He's so massive. <laughs> it's like a thousand pages long in the copy I have. Okay, maybe not quite. 940. But yeah, so I've been listening to this on audiobook because Stephen King reads it himself, <gasps> and I no love that. And oh it's one of my friend's favorite Stephen King books and she's been telling me to read it for like three years mm. and I'm always like yeah I'll read it soon I'll read it soon and I never yeah. do so I decided to start the year by reading that because that's kind of a mashed potato book for me yes amazing so, amazing yeah so I've been listening to that and it's really really good I'm also getting kind of close to finishing Spark Joy by Marie Kondo cool um, which I started reading during our live read-in last weekend <laughs> which was super fun so I'm flying through it because it's pretty easy to read I would say it's so far not quite as good as her first book because this okay. is another thing where it's kind of like it's repetitive in a lot yeah. of ways yeah. there's lots of pictures though that are helpful and cute so it's okay. like a book I'll definitely keep to reference but yeah. I think The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up is a stronger book overall okay yeah that makes sense yeah I but feel that good. way about um, Austin Kleon's books. Like, Steal Like an Artist is really good. Yeah. I think Show Your Work is actually better, but it is copying a lot of the same ideas. And then mm -hmm. the third book came out last year called Keep Going. And these are all, like, short, uh, very graphic. <laughs> Not graphic as in violent. <laughs> like, graphic yeah. as in graphic design. Um, heavy books about being an artist. Like, 
like very zippy like motivational quotes and illustrations mm-hmm. and like ah oh, you're a creative person and like the those first two books I was like wow these are really good but the third one I enjoyed it but it it is very repetitive and mm-hmm. I'm like okay like I like the first ones I don't think you needed to do it again you know what I mean yeah it's kind of like yeah. how much more do you have to say Austin yeah yeah <laughs> or Maria um <laughs> cool well the books I'm reading are strange. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I mean, the first one is Why We Broke Up by Daniel Handler, okay. as I mentioned. I haven't gotten farther than those two pages, though. Oh, so. God. So you're not really reading it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't feel like I'm deep in it at all. Um, but the next one is so deeply exciting. And, like, literally no one's going to care. <laughs> I care a lot. I'm, like, shocked. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't believe that I'm here in this moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I am currently reading Coming Up for Air by George <gasps> Orwell. Have you never read that one? I've never read this one. Oh, my God. A new Have George. you read it? No. No. Every time I see a George Orwell book, though, I'm like, I wonder if Ariel has that one. I, like, I'm always wondering if it's one that you already have or if you've yeah. read it. And I'm like, she probably has them all, so I don't yeah. buy them. But Well, like, like I mentioned, I think, in another episode, I haven't read all of George Orwell's books. He's my favorite author, undoubtedly so. But I am... I'm like, he's not going to publish anymore. I have 10 novels or whatever. I actually don't even know the number. That's, that's weird. But, like, <laughs> oh I have God. 10 novels. I have to make them last the next... Uh, 80 years <laughs> yeah pretty much you can only read one every every five years or yeah so. <laughs> exactly so i'm like i'm spreading them out it's fine um so if i have read animal farm in 1984 obviously that's kind of like what sparked my love and joy i read um animal farm because of high school in 1984 because i read animal farm and i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah but then i've read a lot of his essays because there's literally like hundreds of his mm-hmm. essays so i've read a lot of his essays but then read Keep the Aspidistra Flying, which is a great novel about money, and it's really funny, and it's really weird. Um, but those, that's it. I've only read Animal hmm. Farm, 1984, and Keep the Aspidistra Flying. I'm genuinely, wow. like, I'm I am not in a rush. I, I feel like a lot of people are like, how have you not read them all? I'm like, dude, I am not in a rush. <laughs> um, no, but... Hilariously, uh, my boyfriend works at the library. He's the cataloger. Um, I say the library as if there's only one. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of the libraries. Um, uh-huh. And he, uh, his job is to put in new books to the collection, but also to remove books that they no longer need mm-hmm. for whatever reason that may be. If it's damaged or they got a new version or it's redundant, whatever. Um, and so sometimes he can... Um, take the book home if it's all if because like a lot of the books are just going to recycle or throw away Mm -hmm. so he came home and he was like ariel i don't know if you already have this but look at this and he showed me coming up for air which is the only novel i don't own by george my god because i haven't (laughs) found an edition that i really liked um so it's in like really good condition because it was covered in plastic for the last 50 years It looks like it's never been read, which is probably why they took it out of their collection. Tragedy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but like I started reading it out loud because we were, I don't know, I just thought it would be fun to see like, how's this book start? Mm -hmm. Raylene, it is so hilarious. It is genuinely the funniest thing that I've, I don't know. I'm having such a funny time. So like the first line is, the idea really came to me the day I got my new false teeth. 
And it's like, oh my goodness, where is this crazy book going? No kidding. Um, Gotta love a book with a great first line. (laughs) He's like having breakfast with his family. He has a wife and two kids. And he says, the line says, a good husband and father. Oh, oh, right. So basically he won 17 pounds and he's like, doesn't know what to do about it. But for the first time ever, he didn't tell his wife. Like, (laughs) you know, like if you get new money or whatever, you would tell your wife, but he didn't tell his wife and he doesn't know why. And so it says, a good husband and father would have spent it on a dress for Hilda. That's my wife and boots for the kids. But I'd been a good husband and father for 15 years and I was beginning to get fed up with it. (laughs) Oh, this sounds great. (laughs) It's so weird and funny and the guy seems like a doofus, but like, oh, I'm there for it. So in a way, kind of does remind me of Keep the Espedus or Flying because that book is also about this kind of like weird social outcast Mm -hmm. who has like a misadventure. Um, So yeah, so we will see. On the back of the book, it just says that it's about a guy who wins some money and about the crazy day that he has. And I'm like, that sounds fun. That sounds truly delightful. So yeah, George, uh, he's fallen back into my life and honestly, I'm pretty happy about it. (laughs) As you should be. So before we move on to our next and new segment, uh, we wanted to do a little in memoriam, a little <laughs> farewell, a little goodbye <laughs> to the question, what was the last book you bought? Want to tell mm-hmm. everyone why, Raylene? <laughs> yeah, this one, it needed to happen for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> we had to cut it out. It was one Forcing us to buy books when we didn't need to be buying books. Yep. <laughs> Two, making us feel guilty if we didn't buy a book, which is which insane. Is weird. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning on supporting the library a lot more this year and moving forward in my cool. life. So I feel like I'm not going to be buying as many books as I used to. And I feel like buying a book every week is kind of insane when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, like, totally. Like, that's too many books to buy in a year, so. No, that's a lot of books, and especially if we're not reading them right away. No, um, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that, I actually just got a library card two <gasps> days ago. Uh, yeah or no wait yesterday yesterday it was i've lost all track of time everyone on the podcast knows that i don't know when it is i don't know how old i am i don't know what's going on i but i do know that i got a library card (laughs) and And you know that having fun isn't hard when you got one of those exactly i'm also excited to try and do a lot more audio booking via the via the library yeah I'm honestly I though too. like i have this weird fear because i've never really done this with audiobooks before i have this weird fear that they're all gonna come in at the same time and then I'll it have to happens quick, quickly <laughs> listen to all of these audiobooks at the yeah time. i don't know what i'm gonna do um yeah we'll see you Follow- need to be very selective about what you put holds on let me just tell you that because it and the happen. other thing is on the app, it tells me, like, I'm only allowed to put holds on eight things. And I'm like, well, that's not fair, because I don't know how long it's going to take them to come in. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm really adjusting to the new system, this new life. Oh, man, that's funny. You'll get there. But for all of those reasons and more, we're no longer going to be talking about uh, book haul, like, what, like doing a little book haul segment. If mm-hmm. we get a new book that we're excited about, we're both just, like, happy to talk about it for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that will happen from time to time. Like, especially if it's like your birthday and we're like, what did you get? Yeah. Or like a new release comes out that I just can't wait. To oh, talk yes, about. exactly. Um, but it's just not going to be as big of a focus, mm-hmm. but instead we've got more exciting things. on Exactly. The way. <laughs> we are introducing book news. So the way that this segment is going to work is that Raylene and I are showing up with a new piece of 
book news that could be very widely interpreted. It could mean anything. <laughs> um, it's just up to us to bring a piece of book news and mm-hmm. uh, talk about it. And I'm honestly really excited for this because I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be really interesting. And obviously, if you guys ever spot something that you think might be worthy of book news, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know in a comment mm-hmm. um, or tag us in a photo. So, Raylan. Hit us up. What is your book news? Okay, I have some very, very exciting book news that I don't even remember how I found out about this. I think I was just browsing on the Indigo app, which is like chapters. <laughs> I was browsing and I came across something that made me scream. And that is that there is a Great Gatsby graphic novel coming out. That is so, so, so exciting. When so, does it come out? It comes out in June of this year. That's not even that far away. No, it's not that far. And it's coming out in hardcover and paperback simultaneously. So you can pick whichever one you want. Um, I've never heard of that, but I love that. Isn't that weird? It happens kind of frequently-ish nowadays. I don't know why. I don't know why they even bother putting the hardcover out because nobody wants it, but (laughs) (laughs) at least I don't. Um, Although I might buy the hardcover for this because it seems really snazzy. I love hardcover graphic novels. But... um, Yeah, I was doing a little bit of digging into this before we started recording. And it's funny because this is being marketed as the first graphic novel adaptation of The Great Gatsby. But when I looked up Great Gatsby graphic novel, there was one that came out in 2008, apparently. Oh, So I don't know if it's real or not. Was it like self-published? It might have been because on Amazon, it's not available anymore. But if anybody Mm. wants to look it up, it's by Nikki Greenberg. I haven't really dug too deep into it yet, but apparently it's it's a sham because this one is going to be the first one. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so this one, it doesn't have a cover yet. So there's not really much to look at if you look it up. But the illustrator who is doing the graphic novel is named Aya Morton. And I Mm. looked up her art and it's insanely good. Like, oh, yay! I, I was so nervous it was going to be, like, not the kind of art that would fit, but it's very, yeah. like, you know, graphic design and, like, lots of yeah. just, like, cool colors and, oh, I don't oh. know. It's so cool. You should look her up. Aya Morton, she has a website that has her portfolio, and she's Ooh. done a couple of, like, illustrations for different books and stuff, like, just yeah. doing her own, like, fan art kind of, and it's all amazing and so i'm very very confident that this is going to be a beautiful book yeah that is so exciting and it's so funny because we talked about this we literally were like i wish there was a great gatsby graphic novel and we we wished it into being (laughs) we did we should do that more (laughs) yeah 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 we should just wish for more cool animal farming great gatsby things to exist in the world please please please. (laughs) yeah um yeah the only other thing really i have to add about this was just more of this um, illustrator's work. Yeah. So I looked her up to see if she had done any other graphic novel yeah, adaptations. And she only has a couple of books and they're called His Dream of the Skyland, which is a trilogy about the walled city in Kowloon. Oh yeah. Which seems really interesting. And I kind of want to get them now because her art is so pretty. And that's something I'd like to learn more about. I love this book news. I think that it's perfect for you. It's very uh, Raylene specific book news. It really um, is. I don't know I what my that. next week will be like, but this one was just like, I had share. <laughs> but I'm happy for you because I literally have my Animal Farm graphic novel and now you have your Great Gatsby graphic novel. We I can can't just, wait. We can die happy now. <laughs> yep. That's all I need. I just have to wait until June. Then I can die happy. Yes. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> Keep holding that's on. That's awesome. I'm really excited about this This general uptick in graphic novels it's funny because every year um on new year's eve my family gets together and we talk about like what were your favorite books of the year what were your favorite movies of the year we do like a whole little countdown in the few Mm -hmm. hours before the new year and um 
I talked about how like my two favorite books that year were graphic novels and my dad asked me he was like I'm really curious about this whole graphic novels thing like it feels like it's like a growing movement and I was like yeah it totally is like yeah obviously they're not new graphic novels have been around for a very very long time um as comics have been but they're Mm -hmm. definitely evolving to a bigger like literary graphic novel market yeah you know because like for such a long time it's been very dominated by comics which Mm -hmm. is still awesome but it's just a very different realm and now we're really getting into these like art slash literary slash um fancy not that the other ones aren't fancy but that kind of style of graphic novel and I love it so much and I definitely feel like it's more like publishing houses are coming up that publish graphic novels and like Mm -hmm. the ones that do are investing more and more in their graphic novels so it's just a really sweet time. I love me a graphic novel. Yeah, me too. Well, what is your book news? I am so curious. Well, I uh, was scrolling through the internet and I came upon a little interesting article from the CBC. If anyone doesn't know what the CBC is because you're not Canadian. <laughs> it's so funny because like there's no such thing as a Canadian that doesn't know what the CBC is. Yeah. Um, it's just our national news thing, corporation. Uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, it's like the BBC, but the CBC because it's yeah. kind of the. They put out an article talking about the top ten best-selling Canadian books Ooh. of 2019. Obviously, because the year just finished, so they were able to analyze those scores. And I wanted to see if you could guess what the first top-selling Canadian book was. I oh, think it was it was probably the Testaments, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, such an easy one, but like, yeah, it was the Testaments, which is really interesting because it also topped a lot of international lists. Like, it was just oh, like generally one of the best-selling books of the year. Yeah. Um, so cool that it was a Canadian book. Um, but what I thought was really interesting was that in third place was The Marrow Thieves, which you wow, just talked that's about. Not even but new. Exactly, The Marrow Thieves came out in twenty seventeen. Um, but it was the third top best-selling book. The fourth book was, um, the, oh gosh, what's it called? The new Malcolm Gladwell book, Talking to Strangers. Oh, Is that yeah. what it's called? That was in fourth. So this even beat out Malcolm Gladwell. Wow. And you <laughs> know what? Actually, that doesn't surprise me that much because having worked in a bookstore, like we sold so many copies of that book. And we yeah. would have like used copies of the book, but if we put the new copies on display right at the front, people would just buy the new ones without even asking if we had used ones. Like people That's were just like, I so need it. And a lot of people did it for classes. It was a very mm. popular like um, classroom book through like high schools and universities so that was that's probably why yeah so high i think but i think it is interesting because like i've been i you know i've spent so much time doing my job in this whole publishing world and Mm -hmm. they and everyone talks about how like still the biggest thing for publishing is word of mouth um marketing and it's like a book that came out two years ago can Mm -hmm. still be like a number three as top best-selling because of word of mouth of people talking about like no this is a good book you should get it it doesn't matter that it came out two years ago right yeah totally. um yeah so it's and it's really interesting too because the author sheree demeline came out with her new book which you gifted to me for yes, christmas very um, true she came out with her new book last year but i haven't heard anything about it but still the marrow thieves i'm hearing so much about so. yeah do you remember what number two was on the list i do you have the uh, list there? i have it right here hold on because now I'm curious. I'm like, I know the, the other three. <laughs> yeah, the number two one, I hadn't, I didn't recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably just me. Uh, number two was 
A Better Men by Louise Penny. I've never heard of this book. Have you heard of this book? <laughs> yeah, Louise Penny is a very popular Canadian mystery author. Okay. Her books all take place in Montreal. Yeah. So, I'm right I know all about her because I worked in a bookstore. <laughs> it, it says like, uh, someone, someone's been reinstated as head of the homicide department in Quebec. <laughs> but when the <laughs> province is hit with a flooding crisis, a father begs Gamache to help find his missing daughter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not like surprised by that at all. I w- oh, that's so funny. I should have been able to guess that she was number two. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay, wait. Oh, breaking news, breaking news. Number <laughs> five. Uh, actually, Malcolm Gladwell's book wasn't number four. It was number five. Number oh four. Can you guess it? I don't think Who, you will. Who's it by? Just No, I can't tell you because that would give it oh. away. That would fully give it away. I want to like, um, use my book knowledge to figure it out. I can't think of any canadian authors i'm like thomas king had a new book this year i wonder if he's it's on kind list. of a, it's kind of a trick question it's a handmaid's tale by margaret oh, Atwood. that's geez. so interesting so obviously everyone was like well shoot if i'm gonna read the testaments i need to go and read a handmaid's tale they did what i did <laughs> i'm actually surprised that handmaid's tale wasn't like above the testaments because so many people bought mm. that book in order yeah. to read the second book. But also, like, the second book was way more expensive, so I'm surprised that, like... I yeah, but I think maybe maybe a lot of people already owned A Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, that's also true. Or So everyone who bought The Handmaid's from... Tale and bought The Testaments, but then yeah. The Testaments topped out because some people already had it. And they could nice. have gotten The Handmaid's Tale from, like, their mom or from, like, a used bookstore, which... That's very uh, true. They don't track. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of a fun little 2019 facts thing for our news. Um, I also wanted to mention, because just because I knew you were reading Spark Joy by mm-hmm. uh, Maria Kondo, is that there's a third book coming I out. Joy so at Work by Maria Kondo and a guy named Scott Sonnenshine. So uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't heard about it yet, but it, I think it comes out in the summer. Yeah, I heard about that like four months ago and I was like ah, I'm so excited <laughs> Marie Kondo is my hero I love her so much so yeah, yeah that's fun she's news. pretty cool I and I I love the idea of her telling me how to organize my business so I will be partaking in that book if uh if it sounds good yeah I want her to tell me how to organize my desk <laughs> yeah please real bad honestly Raylene in the last couple like in the last i don't know four days i have gotten so bizarrely but deeply obsessed with google calendars it's become a deep but true obsession like i it's so beautifully color coordinated and suddenly so populated and full with tasks and items like i'm so obsessed so if uh, maria kondo can help me with my google calendar i'm there (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad organization is a thing that I care about a lot. So that makes me happy Woo-hoo. to hear that you love a calendar. <laughs> oh, well, nice. it is time to move on to our final segment, and that is recommendations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as always, you sent them in, and we are replying. Um, our first one comes from Lucy. Lucy asks, this might be a really weird request, but how about books you think would be great to turn into a black and white movie adaptation? If it already has a movie, whether black and white or color, you could still recommend it. Or perhaps just books that give you black and white feelings when you read it. 
I love this question. Me too. I really, really love these really hyper-specific, slightly off-the-wall recommendations that people ask for. These are my favorite um, ones because it makes me actually have to think, like, whoa, like, what Yeah. What does that mean to me? <laughs> exactly. And, and it's I very love personal. That. So yeah. I am um, really interested to hear what people say um, on Instagram. But uh, the first book that came into my mind was Unearthed We're Briefly Gorgeous. And that's literally just because the cover is black and white. <laughs> that's true. And I know. I was trying like, not to do that. It's such mm. a moody book that yeah. I like, very much can imagine it. But my ac- the actual book that I for sure wanted to recommend and mention is Motherhood by Sheila Hetty. Oh. So I wanted to ask you, have you seen the movie Frances Ha starring yeah. Greta Gerwig? Yeah, I watched that one a couple of years ago. So that's one of my favorite movies. I really love that movie. Um, which, as you can imagine, I'm so excited to see Greta Gerwig becoming like oh, such so an amazing human. Like I just yep. think she's such a cool artist and creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been watching her since like Frances Ha days, where I like remember watching that movie so many years ago and being like, "This is the greatest movie of all time." Um, but that movie is in black and white, and it's this story about a girl i think i saw like in some press or something they talked about how like the idea they wanted to um it's so interesting too because obviously she is she lives with her partner noah bomback who just did marriage story but they used to do movies together and they like still work together but he like wrote that movie with they wrote it together Mm. and so what they were saying was basically that they wanted to make a movie about a woman who is too old for it to be funny anymore that she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, yeah. it's, it's not funny anymore. You're a little too old for this. Like, you should have it a bit more figured out. And yeah. she's a dancer and an artist, but she doesn't know how to make it as an artist or a dancer <laughs> in New York. And it's really awkward. And Adam Driver's in it. Um, good guy. And which, who's in Marriage Story. Have you seen Marriage Story, by the way? God, not that's yet. That's movie. literally the next movie I want to watch, other it, than my weird Paul Rudd Great Gatsby. Those oh are the two God. movies on my list right now. <laughs> It is devastating. It's so good, though. Um, But yeah, so anyway, I love that movie. It's about this one. It really is about this one woman versus the world trying to figure things out. And it works so well as a black and white movie. Um, And this book, Motherhood by Sheila Hetty, gives me really similar vibes. So um, this is one of my favorite books. I read it a couple years ago and I was so blown away by it. the book is about a main character who it's one of these auto fiction situations where you're like, how much of this is Sheila Hetty and how much isn't? But the main character is 39 and she turns 39 and she's like, wait, do I want a kid or not? Because if I were to have a baby, this is kind of the last year where I could really do that. Like the next few years, it's like, I'm, I'm pushing it here. I'm yeah. running out of time. Um, and so she's thinking about her relationship to this whole debate and our I was gonna say problem not necessarily a problem but like (laughs) this whole debate um so she's talking like she's thinking about what her and her partner want what she's always wanted why she didn't have a kid when she was in her 20s or 30s why uh her relationship with her parents um she talks with people that do have kids that don't have kids and it's a very like meditative thoughtful conversational book mm-hmm. and i just totally imagine it like francis ha like that yeah. kind of slower very internal um black and white kind of feelings right so. like there's like not a lot happening necessarily it's yeah. just a lot of people being together and talking to each other that exactly. is definitely a very black and white vibe yeah i so can totally that see that is my choice but what is your choice oh my choice is like 
the opposite of your choice. Very intrigued. <laughs> okay, so bear with me. This okay. one that I picked is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. Oh. Have you heard of this one? I actually haven't. This book is crazy. Okay. So <laughs> this one is like a psychological thriller horror book, mm-hmm. um, but it has what I think are black and white vibes. Basically, it's just about this couple who are like driving along and it's snowy like it's very cold and snowy and they're headed to like a farm or something but then they get sidetracked like I think there's some kind of reason their car breaks down or something and they basically get stuck at this like abandoned school not abandoned school it's just a school at nighttime (laughs) and (laughs) they (laughs) it's not abandoned it's just a nighttime school and yeah then basically they like go in or one person goes in and the other person's kind of like hey let's stay in the car and then it just turns into this weird like surreal horror movie type Mm. of thing like it's very creepy and spooky and you have no idea what's going on but it has black and white vibes I want to say like I can imagine it like a scarier version of a Hitchcock movie. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of got spooky vibes. It's about two people. It's just about two people, basically, and them talking to each other and them going their separate ways and then mysterious things happening. So it It seems like a weird choice. It has a little bit of that noir. Exactly. It has a bit of that kind of noir vibes where you're just like mysterious, but still kind of calm, but like a subtle tension. Exactly. Yeah. Cause the most yeah. recent black and white, like modern black and white movie I watched was the man who wasn't there, but, uh, okay. starring Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> and that one, <laughs> it's a Coen brothers film. And basically it's just like about this guy who's a barber and then some things happen. He accidentally kills someone and then all this stuff happens. So that was kind of in the back of my head when I was thinking about black and white movie, I'm like something with murder or something kind of spooky. Yeah. So that's kind of the vibe I was going for when I picked this. Yeah. But this I, one's very scary. I feel that. I, especially because it's night and it's winter to me. It makes it really like insulated, a bit claustrophobic, a bit uh-huh. just dark, stark yeah. contrast. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I agree. I agree. I haven't read the book. I've never heard of it, but I agree. <laughs> oh, it's a good book. It's really weird, but I liked it a lot. That's so funny. All right. What is our next recommendation? All right. Next recommendation comes from Ty who says, I'm looking for books that are set in libraries and or bookshops and such. I've read Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore and Weird Things Customers Say in bookstores. I'm down for any genre. Um, So this one I thought was fun because we don't, people talk about books about bookstores quite often, but not books about libraries. Although Mm. the book that I picked for this isn't about a library. Um, But shout out to the time traveler's wife because Henry is a librarian. Oh, there you go. Perfect. That's just a a shout out because I've already talked about that book. But that's one of the few books that involves a library that I've I've actually read. Um, But I'm just going to jump into my recommendation because I'm already talking. Um, (laughs) so, So the book I picked for this is kind of random and a book that I didn't realize involved a bookstore at all until I read it Uh, and it was actually one of my last books that I read in uh, 2019 so it's very fresh in my mind and that book is One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Oh (laughs) that's so interesting you just read this boy. I did just read this boy and (laughs) it was so good so this one I mean obviously people know Taylor Jenkins Reid because of her two most recent books Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six are her two most popular ones but her older books are like contemporary romance that's so pretty much, strange. Yeah, pretty much all of them are just about a woman in her 30s, usually, just doing something. And so <laughs> the plot of this book is very interesting and actually made for a very stressful read. <laughs> because um, essentially the main character of this book, her name is Emma Blair. And 
she is obsessed with travel. She basically, her parents have a bookstore. So this is the bookstore part of it. Her parents own a bookstore and run this bookstore and they want her and her sister to run the bookstore when they like get old enough. But she like Mm. rejects that idea. And she's like, no, I don't want to stay in this small town. I want to go travel. So she spends a lot of time traveling with her um, like high school boyfriend. Basically they grow up together and travel a whole lot. And then he goes on a trip and disappears in the ocean. Like his helicopter goes down crashes everybody thinks he's dead so stressful and so a couple years later she um you know finds a new partner because she's very lonely it's been many years and she's sad but then she gets together with this other guy and then shocking news turns out the first guy wasn't dead and he comes back and says hey i'm i'm still alive i'm coming back and so this book is very stressful because she's trying to wrestle between these like two guys that sounded bad the way I said that but and and she's trying to figure out like who should I be with because you know you're one the first love she loves yeah. him so much and she thought he was dead but she's already mourned for him and he just expects to, for things to be the same as they were when right. he comes back oh my God. and there's yeah so I kind of just told you everything besides the parts about the bookstore but this book it does involve a lot about the bookstore because you know, later in life, she comes back home and she like helps out in the bookstore a little bit. And there's a lot of scenes and they like talk about the bestsellers and books and stuff. So it's kind of fun. Oh, that's um, yeah. Cause it kind of reminded me just those aspects were like, um, you by Carolyn Kepnes is another book that involves a bookstore quite a bit. Yes. That's a totally different vibe though. That's a totally <laughs> different vibe, but it's just fun. Like being in the bookstore and them kind of just talking about things like as if any per- person reading it would just be like, yeah, that's how a bookstore is. And it's just, it was just so fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a great recommendation. I remember seeing that you were reading it on Goodreads, and I was mm-hmm. really intrigued because I haven't heard of anyone reading um, Taylor Jenkins Reid's old books or backlist mm-hmm. or everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. I um, think that a bookstore is such a fun setting for a book, especially because people who read tend to just be obsessed with bookstores. So it's all we always find it so fun to read about mm-hmm. bookstores. Um, yeah. So I realized as <laughs> going through my books, I realized I own quite a few books about bookstores. <laughs> but I've read yeah. not that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do recommend Mr. Penumbra's 24 hour bookstores. If anyone listening hasn't read it, um, but obviously Ty has read it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I own is um, one of the other ones is 84 Charing Cross Road. Have you heard of that one? I've it's, heard of it. I can't remember who it's by. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I forget, too. For some reason, <laughs> the name Helen comes to mind. But, you know, that might just be a feeling. Um, <laughs> but it's a uh, I know that book is about, I have such a cute little edition of it. But that book is about um, the like a it's about like is it two booksellers or i mean i haven't read it but it's about like a bookseller and someone who loves the bookshop and they become friends and they write letters to each other so it's like a epistolary and it's supposed to be just really lovely um but the book i wanted to recommend is one that i have recommended before on the podcast so Mm. absolutely no surprise um and it is the storied life of aj fickery by gabrielle Mm. seven so this book is completely set in a bookstore and bookstore is a main and important character to the book um and i remember so i i've mentioned this before on the podcast but again i really love this book so i'm happy to keep talking about it um (laughs) but it is a 
like one of the coziest, most heartwarming, most emotional, like cheerful, happy, but still kind of sad, sappy, I guess, books I've mm-hmm. ever read. Um, and I recommend it to people a lot in my real life. Um, but, and a huge part of the reason for all of that is because it's set in a bookstore. Like the bookstore yeah. setting is so beautiful and cozy and comforting. And um, it's, a, it's a story about a guy whose wife has passed away and they used to own this bookstore together. He has continued running it without her for quite a while, but things are really not going well. The bookstore is not doing well. Um, some of his books are getting stolen and stuff. And it's just like, everything looks really, um, like just not good. And so he's thinking about selling the bookstore and just like starting a new life. But then one day a package is dropped off at his store during the night and he comes down. Cause I think he lives above the bookstore. He comes down into his shop and there's a baby there and um it's just about kind of what happens with this baby (laughs) and the bookstore and um it is so touching and I just remember loving reading about these really beautiful characters in this beautiful shop and wanting to be in the bookstore Mm um yeah so I really recommend this one I have recommended it before but what the hell? It was the perfect book. What can I say? Why not? <laughs> if that's the only one you've read, then uh, I guess that's what we're yeah, going to do. Yeah, and the other one was Mr. <laughs> Penumbra's, and she's yeah. read that one too. So I was like, hey, it's a disaster. It's fine. <laughs> right? It's kind of funny. I find that too. I haven't read a ton of books that take place in bookstores or libraries. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, in my head, they're all kind of just the same thing. You know? Oh, I've read another one that I'm just going to give an honorable mention because yes. I'm never going to recommend it in any other context. <laughs> um Mr. Limoncello's Library. <laughs> it's a that? middle grade book. I think it's called Escape from Mr. Limoncello's Library, actually. And this one is super fun. It's it's basically reads like a rolled doll book. Okay. Because um, it's about, there's like this library and they have a contest where kids like all come in and like spend the entire night in the library and they have to go around and solve puzzles around mm. the library. Like they have to do things, but they're all related to the library. Like they'll get little hints that make them have to go find a certain, like, number in the Dewey Decimal System and, like, find that book. And they have to... So, yeah, it's basically, like, a big competition. So it's this crazy library competition. So if you have a child who wants to read (laughs) about a library, then I would recommend that. It's very fun. I read it a couple years ago, and I was like, this is good, but it's definitely for kids. (laughs) Okay. Well, that sounds really good. I actually, like, when it comes to mind about books set in libraries, I do think, like bunch of middle grade books the kids in the story end up going to a library to like yeah, that's get true. information or to do something but i can't think of one where it's like actually <laughs> set there oh man that's so funny and that's fine well we can let it we go. did it we recorded the first episode of 2020 and it was good um thank you so much to everyone for listening we are about to go off to record our patreon bonus mini podcast um and we have also revamped this in a big way. It is officially now called Books on Bucket, which <laughs> is one of our truly most greatest ideas. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a mini podcast where I surprise Raylene with a bookish question. And, um, re- I, and I just I, react. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mainly am just going to laugh for a long time while Raylene like, s- struggles to answer my bizarre ideas. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. But it'll be good. I'm excited to ask you today's question. Um, if you want to check that out, definitely just go over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash books unbound to check it out and to join our beautiful, beautiful community. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you, Raylene, for potting with me. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.